one last bit here, but it's tipped out to center, and that will do it. As Bowen goes back to play the puck, the sellout crowd here in Buffalo on their feet. Buffalo Sabres have now won seven consecutive games. A four-goal first period gets the job done. Their first seven-game win streak in over 12 years. Ladies and gentlemen, and by ladies and gentlemen, I mean Rory Boylan, my regular co-host, and Luke Fox, a frequent visitor of the Tape to Tape pod. Welcome, Luke, by the way. I want to ask you guys a question. We are recording today on the U.S. Thanksgiving, November 22nd, no NHL games today. Now, today is our quarter mark pod. We're going to do biggest surprises, biggest positives, I guess you would say, in the first block, then disappointments. So Luke, our fine writer at Sportsnet.ca, joining us today. What is your biggest surprise, positive surprise for the first quarter of the season? My biggest surprise is the Minnesota Wild. Um, I watched them play the Winnipeg Jets in round one very closely. And they looked to me like a team on the, the decline. Their best players were all kind of older guys. And it just felt like the end of of a bit of a run for, for that team that but never really went anywhere. That never really went anywhere, <laughs> but they were always kind of in the conversation. Always a competitive team. And they're led by a coach that always gets them into the playoffs. But I, I was kind of thinking, you know what, maybe this year, Bruce Boudreaux can't be a good enough regular season coach to get this, this group in. Maybe they're, they're due for a step back. Maybe they would even consider a bit, a bit of a rebuild and say, you know what, the Parise Suter experiment didn't go the way we wanted, but Parise has been awesome and healthy. Ryan Suter has been awesome and healthy, knock on wood. Granlin, who, you know, has has really come into his own. And, yeah. and, and you know, the jury was kind of out on a guy like him. Eric Stahl isn't quite on the 41-goal the pace or whatever he scored yeah. last year, but he's been solid. Matt Dumba's taken another step. I love that guy. I mean, no one really talks about them too much. They do have solid goaltending in, in Devin Dubnik. So they, they've kind of been a surprise. I would not have picked them to be up there um, amongst the, uh, the better teams in the West. Yeah. And yet they are, they are. They always felt like the perpetual tweener team, yes. right? Yes. Like not quite a truly elite, but certainly better yeah. than your, you know, bottom tier for sure. And you're right. They're kind of hanging around here longer than one might expect. They have a lot of depth, like, everywhere in their yeah. lineup with a great goalie behind it. But there's so much like the St. Louis Blues, in a way. It's like, they should be good. They should be, you know, they have a lot that they can throw at you, but... They're not going to win the Stanley Cup, right? They're, oh, they're not going to. I still don't think they are. They are. I, yeah. I, I thought they might be on the outside looking in. Right. And, and, yes. and yeah. they've they've been a surprise for me. They, yeah. For sure, they've been a huge surprise. Yeah. All right, Rory, what else has surprised you? Um, well, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres. Are they actually for real? <laughs> they, yeah. they have a lot of. There's, there's a whole state full of uh, crazy yeah. hockey fans who hope so. I mean, they have a lot of fight in them. And what I think is interesting is they've won uh, five games so far this year when they've been trailing after the second period. That's second to Calgary, who's got six. I mean, this is a team that before if they were to fall behind there was no fight back in that team there was nothing they they would easily give up you know the guys who have left that room in the past a couple of guys that went to minnesota i think o'reilly when he left you know they talk about that being just a a losing environment and it's tough to it's really tough to break out of that when you go into a rebuild and you've been losing for so long and the sabers are the only team in the last five years that hasn't had a season in which they've scored 200 goals now it seems to be happening. They've got 70 goals already to this point in the season. 
You've got an absolutely fantastic first line, although Jeff Skinner is going to go on a cold streak at some point, and we'll see. Maybe that's when Jack Eichel starts scoring a little bit more. But I still think Casey Middlestad is going to start producing at some point with Kyle Ocpozo and Connor Sheary on that second line. That's going to make them a heck of a lot more dangerous. Rasmus Dahlin is getting better with seemingly every game. He's going to sneakily get up into that Calder discussion at some point. He's probably not going to challenge Elias Pettersson if he keeps going, but he's going to get onto that radar. It plays a lot of minutes, and he's getting some points now. And Carter Hutton has been up to the yeah. task in net. I mean, I, I was skeptical about him because he's never played more than half of a season's worth of games, but he was great with St. Louis last year, and, he, and he's showing that maybe he does have, have that kind of a season in him. He's he's making the Blues look like they made the wrong decision. Yeah, they kept, well, they kept yeah, the wrong sure. goalie. Jake Allen's helping with that too. Well, yeah, it's a great story. Like a guy who's been a backup for his whole career, and then finally gets the opportunity to run with it and actually does it. Do you think this is a case? So you, you, they move on from Hutton and they keep Allen of just being married to a prospect that for years Jake Allen was the goalie of the future in St. Louis, and he he really wasn't up to that. He wasn't showing in the last two years that he was going to be a consistently good net miner, which you need. You have to be consistent above all else. And then the time came to make a decision, and you stuck with the guy that you've kind of decided already that you're going to go on with. Like, do you do you think that's that case? They just can't see outside of kind of something they've already decided on. I guess. I mean, he's 28. I just feel like he lost, just, you know, any kind of prospects. I think that's long part ago. of it. Oh, yeah. I think at some point, if you're the GM, you pick a guy and say, "That's my guy." I think that happened in Anaheim between Freddie Anderson and John Gibson. Right. They, they they went with Gibson. Say, okay, this guy's for sale, and now. I mean, I don't think they made the wrong decision. Gibson's been great, but I think at some point you just, you have your guy and then you've, you've made it up and then contractually you're just like, okay, well, I guess this guy's expendable. Yeah. Do you guys think just taking it back to Buffalo that Jeff Skinner staying there long-term is kind of a perfect marriage? I mean, he's a GTA guy. You're playing 90 minutes from home. You could land in a spot just as they're on the upswing. You've got a pretty sweet ride right next to a guy who's really establishing himself and Jack Eichel as what people expected him to be. Just feels like there's a deal to be made there without too, too much trouble. What do you think? What's the cap hit? I mean, there were those reports that he was searching for nine. That can't be, that can't be real. He well, can't probably, be getting it probably is be, real right now. Yeah. Who's gonna, okay. Yeah, for sure. Right now, like but nobody's you, go gonna in, give you go in, you go in, you go in high, right? Yes, but that's not what he's going to get. Right. We're, no. Are we talking seven and a half? Seven which five is what, is what just popped into my head that Kane would feel pretty good. Right? right. Yeah. That would feel like if they could get him for that. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go into the future with this combo? Yeah. I mean, you're not married to, you know, you don't have a lot of huge contracts on the books here. The next highest forward would be Kyle Poza at $6 million, which isn't the best contract out there, but it's not terrible either. You need some secondary scoring. It's a contract that they could absorb, seven and a half for Skinner for a while, and he and Eichel definitely have some chemistry there. I, I wouldn't want to lose any kind of gains that I get this year mm-hmm. by losing a guy to free agency. I'd be afraid of that if I was the Sabres. Which team has the most points in November. Which NHL team has the most points in November? It's not Buffalo. Rangers. Yeah. Oh, well done, Luke. Nice. The New York Rangers. <laughs> Positive surprises. <laughs> Look at that. I don't know about the staying power again, but 
and the Islanders. And like, the Islanders like who are the, starting. The Metro, the Metro are, looks upside down. It really yeah, it does, does look yeah, upside down. Does. And that's what initially led to my, if you had to bet your life on teams being out of the playoffs, the Metro was one of the divisions yeah. I was looking at going, well, these teams are in, which means these teams are out. Like, it does look a little upside down. Yeah. Wow. The the Rangers. Do we, I mean, we're talking positive surprises. I think we probably at least owe Miko Rantanen some kind of shout out, right? I mean, I think we all knew that uh, that was a great line coming into the season, but you know, this have this guy uh, leading the league in scoring. I mean, did you see that coming at the absolute top of the charts? Not at the top, yeah. But when you're on Nathan McKinnon's line, you're going to get a, a lot of assists, which is what he's getting, and that's certainly going to help you along the way. So it's not. I don't think it's the most surprising development. Like I could see a world where Nathan McKinnon is leading the NHL in scoring and Miko Rantanen is number two right behind him. So the fact that he's just above him, not the most shocking thing in the world to me. I was wondering if Colorado is going to take a bit of a step back. Yeah, well, and, and even, I was too, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, McKinnon looked all world last year, but, you know, that was the first year in a few that, yeah. he'd, you know, basically since his rookie year that we were like, wow, Nathan McKinnon. So now he doesn't drive that line, but a winger who kind of is that surprised me and how productive he's been is Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, 27 points in 22 games in a contract year. I mean, what do you pay this guy? If you think he's going to be the future captain of this team and Johnny Gaudreau is your highest paid forward, six seven five, I think, is what he makes against the cap. I mean, does Matthew Kachuk end up getting more than Johnny Gaudreau as a as an RFA or is that is that capped? Can you not pay oh, him more than I don't than know. Your best I think player? I think if you're going long term, I also uh, am pretty confident that the management in Calgary thinks higher Highly. high higher yeah. of Kachuk in terms of character mm-hmm. in terms of when we're in the second round of the playoffs who's going to come through for us in the third period you know what i mean oh yeah. yeah yeah like they think very highly of him i mean they slapped an a on his chest and i think you know if mark giordano wasn't there he'd be a contender for, yeah. for the c like they, they love this kid for him and so i i would think he does get more than than johnny if he if he goes long term and doesn't right. go for something shorter and then try to Swing big. Swing big, yeah. yeah. I mean, him and Sam Bennett, that game, um, the Battle of Alberta game on Saturday, like that's what you are getting out of Kachuk that you're not getting out of Gaudreau is that he's going to get in your face and he's going to kind of upset the other team in that way. And what I think a lot of people don't realize is although Kachuk is that kind of player, that sandpaper in your face guy, like he draws more penalties than he takes. And that's the real value to him. Kind of like Kadri can be with the Leafs, but on another level, I think. And now that he's adding points and this kind of level of points, and you have a second line with Backlund, I thought Neil was going to be the key goal scorer on that second unit. But, I mean, Kachuk is just stepping up huge in a way I didn't really expect. What a transition to my biggest surprise. Because mine is that a quarter of the way into the season, maybe you guys will agree with me, maybe you won't, but can we say with a huge amount of certainty that the Ottawa Senators did the right thing taking Brady Kachuk and not giving <laughs> that pick to the Col- Colorado Avalanche because Brady Kachuk looks awesome. Ottawa looks better than we expected. There's nine teams underneath Ottawa right now. Now, I know they're probably due to sink a little, but are the Kings passing them? You know, what are the odds a team that we talked about as serious contender for 31st overall right now looks a lot better than that. And a sneaky little stat that granted I'm gaming the system a little bit here, but 
I was curious about points per games for rookies. And here are the rookies ranked top five points per game, or at the very least, I'll mention the three sends in there. So number five is Colin White, 0.59 points per game, essentially a 50 50 point pace through 22 games. Brady Kachuk, the aforementioned, is on a 75 point pace. He's played 11 games because he missed time with injury. Number one is Drake Batherson. He's only played four games, but he's got five points. But yes, you look at Ottawa, you throw Max Lejoie in there, you throw second-year player Thomas Shabbat in there, and all of a sudden, it seems like just grabbing Kachuk, you know what? That was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean... With an asterisk, though. (laughs) If If they win the lottery... (laughs) <laughs> See, this is the thing. Ottawa, to me, like, they're an exciting Kachuk team. Kachuk was a great pick, though. They're, they have a lot of these great stories from their young kids. They're the third highest scoring team in the league right now because of the way they play. But they've allowed, like, more than a half a goal more gonna, than the next. We're going to get there. Like, it, it's <laughs> wild what they're doing. But because of that, they are really highly likely to just plummet down the standings, too, because they just play this high-risk game. Yeah, they're going to score a lot of goals, but they're going to give up a ton of goals. Like, Craig Anderson faces... A workload like no other. So, are the Kings going to pass them? I'm not going to bet on that, but I could see Ottawa you still cratering think they can finish to the bottom 30th. of the Eastern Conference. All right, I, well, I think that's t- totally possible. I was just thinking with lottery odds as they are, as long as you stay out of that, like, I mean, even if you finish 31st, obviously there's an 80% chance you're not yes. going to be drafting first overall, right. and down it goes from there. Um, I just think we were all envisioning a scenario where right from the hop you were thinking to yourself oh my god what has this team done yeah what has this team done they should have punted and and taken its chances that this was going to hang over the head of the franchise at every turn and eh, so far i mean granted there's been other distractions that they probably don't want to talk about yeah but you look it's crazy to me that when you think about ottawa and you know, things as crazy as Uber conversations going public. But again, then, you know, I'm obviously doing it tongue in cheek with, with Batherson at the top, but he certainly looks like yet another young player who's going to be a real difference maker for them. And when you add them up with white Kachuk, Batherson, Shabbat, Lejoie. Lejoie, like there's, it is, there's Chris more Tier- to wrap Chris your, been a your nice. arms around. And apparently Matt Duchesne's in addition. Yeah, he was, and it he, sounds like Matt Duchesne might stay. Yeah, and he's been great too. Yeah. Matt Duchesne has been really good. And Stone's been Stone's been star, what you would expect. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about where this team is going. They're, they're not there Especially yet. relative to the way we've talked about them, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's just, it's just the way they play. I don't know how sustainable it is to kind of hang around, right? Like you're going to... Like you, those goals are going to slow down at some point just because the league is going to slow down sure. the scoring. And then if you're not playing a defensive game at all, like you, you look so much like the New York Islanders from last year. They gave up tons and tons of shots, tons and tons of goals, and you're just doomed to sink down towards the bottom of those standings. But, but there are great stories. And they always say like Brady Kachuk, they said was the best Kachuk, but they always say that about the youngest brother, like the youngest stall was the best stall. And he's the one who didn't make a stick in the <laughs> NHL. But it seems like, this one is actually real. Like it could be real. Brady Kachuk is coming in right away with excellent offensive totals and an in your face style that his brother has. So maybe he is actually the better Kachuk of the two. And if you have a future captain in there or sure. somebody who could play that role, you know, you can't ask for much more out of a draft pick. And and I mean, so Jack many of those guys aren't care. I mean, maybe they're carrying the Uber baggage, but they'll get over that, but they're not carrying the baggage of, 
of that disastrous uh, last season. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're coming in fresh and with enthusiasm and they got nothing to lose. Like that's not their problem. That's not the dressing room they know. So. All right. Enough of the positive stuff. Life is hard. And it's time <laughs> to talk about what's been disappointing through the first quarter of the season. On the other side of the break, we are going to lay out the teams or players that just have not performed up to our expectations. That is biggest quarter mark disappointments on the other side of the break. Come on back on Tape to Tape. When we designed the GMC Sierra, we took inspiration from the Northern Lights. Was it because of the otherworldly sense of awe they impart upon us? Their breathtaking majesty as shining beacons of the tundra. Their energetic dance across the moonlit sky. No. It's because the northern lights are bright, and the LED headlights on the GMC Sierra are bright too. Drive Canada like a pro. GMC, we are professional grade. Visit gmccanada.ca for more. Breaking news after the game, the St. Louis Blues fired head coach Mike Yo. Greg Ruby has been named interim head coach. The Oilers have replaced head coach Tom McClellan with former Stars head coach Ken Hitchcock. The team has lost two in a row, 3-7-0 and oh, over their last 10. Everybody knew this was coming. This wasn't something, this is right from the start of the season. When they went 0-2, I mean, people were starting to hit the panic button around Edmonton. So, I mean, this wasn't, you know, something that just all of a sudden developed. Welcome back to Tape to Tape. Regular listeners know the Florida Panthers, that is Rory's account. So we're just going to let him jump in on this. You referenced it a bit off the top, but hard not to be just, I guess, disappointed in how things have developed for Florida. An injury to Luongo in the very first game, the second period. I think the second period of that game. He comes back. Now Vincent Trocek has one of those watch it through your fingers, leg injuries. This team just couldn't start with one foot in the grave like it did last year, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, the expectations were really high for this team. They had a really good set of forwards up front, and then you thought you had two good goalies, at least. Somebody was going to play well enough. And the way they ended last year, too, like their first half was not very good at all. Um, but that could be attributed to new coach, new system, guys are getting used to this or whatever, but they won 25 of the last 35 games and really made a hard charge for the playoffs and just fell short. By the way, that's how hard it is to make the playoffs when you're sitting out at American Thanksgiving. And they were supposed to build on that. And then, like you said, Luongo gets injured in first game. Now Trocek, I think it's a broken ankle and he's out for ever. At least he until might not come back. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But that's your second line center. That was a, an advantage the Panthers had to be able to throw two great centers like that. And now you're looking at it and they're well out of the playoffs. Luongo came back after his injury and looked good right away. They went on a four game winning streak, but he's allowed four or more goals, three games in a row. Now you have no confidence in James Reimer behind him after the run that he just went on. And you're just sitting there looking at them at the very bottom of the East and saying, man, what a disappointment this has been for this team so far. Crushing. Yeah. Like, they can't build on anything. And that's in spite of the Mike Hoffman trade. He's been fabulous. He's not working out as be- better than you could have hoped. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything was set up for this team to do so well, and it just seems like the hockey gods are against them. They Every every time they make a step forward, something happens and bring them back. It's the, the story of the history of this franchise I find it hard to see them playing well enough the rest of the way to leapfrog all the teams that have to leapfrog 
with all the great stories that are playing out in the Atlantic Division, too. Speaking of hockey gods, I'm a little disappointed in them, too, because we've had Austin Matthews out for an extended time, Patrice Bergeron, even uh, Paul Stastny going to Vegas was kind of, you know, a fun development. He was going to play with Max Pacioretty. We obviously haven't seen that. Matt Murray now looks like he could be out for a little bit. Quick. Um, Jonathan Quick. It feels like the injury bug has chomped a little harder than usual. Yeah, Crosby just got back. Just just got the yeah, guy back in the lineup for the Lightning. Yes. Uh, PK Subban even missing. Some, I mean, you know, not everyone long, long term, but yeah, some key key guys around the league have missed a little to a lot of time, which is unfortunate. All right, Luke, who are you disappointed in? I'm really disappointed in the St. Louis Blues. Um, I was big on them in the offseason. I like that Doug Armstrong was quite aggressive. You know, they came up just a little bit short of making the playoffs. And then he made a lot of major changes and I loved how he focused on the middle of the ice, bringing in Ryan Riley, who's actually not to blame. Like Hoffman, right? Yeah. I mean, not you to blame. Thought. Yeah. Uh, Better than point per game. Ryan and they, they, they were always, well, Jake Allen's a huge one, right? Yeah. Uh, we we kind of talked about that. Maybe they just picked the wrong goalie um, considering what Carter Hutton's doing. But the other thing is the blues have kind of been the same conversation with, you know, Definitely Nashville, Winnipeg, maybe the Ducks in terms of maybe the Flames in terms of look at their defense core. Their their D's so good. Uh, Jay Bowmeister's finally hit a wall, you know, got healthy, scratched, and he does not look like the Jay Bowmeister of old. He's not the shutdown guy that you want to see out of him. Um, and Petrangelo, a year ago at this time, he we were talking about him as a Norris candidate, and he made his first all-star game, and he was – scoring and playing excellent defense and he's been rather ordinary by his standards and um yeah so i i think the st louis blues i, I had big hopes for them um and yeah they, they really haven't done it tarasenko i thought he's a guy that should be in the top 15 of scoring every year and it's something sums off with him i remember talking fantasy with someone in the office for the season i said oh tarasenko was a lock to get yeah. to 40 goals this yeah. year after last year he was going to bounce back a little bit with his shooting percentage and it just and playing with o'reilly too one of the best setup men in the game and he's still not doing that well elliot friedman in 31 thoughts this week yeah. i believe yeah. had mentioned that i don't know how you'd characterize it but basically that the notion of trading vladimir tarasenko is really not that that far-fetched and i think i i don't have it right in front of me but he was essentially saying yeah this is something that's been kicked around before and if you were really going to go to the two extremes i mean they've fired mike yo mm-hmm. craig berube is the guy right now we don't know if that's a long long-term thing but they've made one play Joel I mean, Quimble. Could, could there? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But Bring I mean, m- moving Tarasenko, that would be a uh, a headline grabber. And if it's something that's even, be, I mean, if Elliot's reporting it, it means it's you know it's something that's at least been talked about. Which, uh, yeah, I well, mean, there were rumors that he kind of butted heads with Hitchcock during that era. Yeah, um, which you could see, you know, Hitchcock wanting a, a star player to. To come back to his own side. Come back to his own side. Stay tuned for more uh, of that. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really underwhelmed by by his performance. I thought he, you know, he was one of those guys. If you had him on your fantasy team, you're laughing. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember at this point last season running an article on Sportsnet.ca calling Alex Petrangelo the first quarter Norris Trophy winner. He was that good. And you're right, like he yeah. hasn't been his normal self. Like Vince Dunn might be the best defenseman on I that like blue line lot, the actually. first quarter. Yeah, he's been he's been good. And you just have to wonder if Tarasenko is out there for trade, like how many big moves like this does Doug Armstrong have left? Oh as, yeah, as sure. Like 
He's he's made two sell-offs in a row at the trade deadline. He's made a couple coach firings. You know, he the the overhaul, like you mentioned, at, at center this offseason. Like how many moves does he have left before mm. as GM before they make a change there? At least he does stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. like he, he's, yeah. he's active. He tries to fix his team. But didn't he didn't he get an extension in the spring? Or was that a year ago? It was fairly recently that they extended Armstrong. Well, it's weird that so, you kind of still look at it. I mean, go, you can still find a good him, job, yeah. right? Like it feels like it when feels you go like move by team. move, yeah. yeah. Well, like Robert Thomas um, and Jordan Cairo. They've drafted you know, well. Like those are two guys who yeah. you're looking at going, wow, you've got some some guys coming up who should really move the needle yep. any old time here. Braden Shen since he went there. I mean, yep. but it just hasn't added up to anything. Mm-hmm. Probably not to, it's hard I mean, to pinpoint old, what's old, going wrong. Well, poor old goalie. I don't want to throw it all on the goalie, yeah. but certainly they're not getting many favors. But if you told me Ryan O'Reilly was going to be a better than point per game guy, and this is where St. Louis would be. Anyways, disappointments. Got to give at least a shout out to the Kings. Uh, as noted, quick out. Minus 24 goal differential. Worst in the league. Um, definitely been a rough start for the Kings, who have also... Uh, changed a coach. Speaking of bad goal differentials, my biggest disappointment, I am going to throw more blame at the feet of goalies. Let me just give you the bottom of the barrel in terms of goals against average. Number 25 is Edmonton at 3.29 goals against per game. Montreal is 27, 341. Vancouver, 29, 358. And 31st. 31st, worst in the league. The Ottawa Senators, 4-2-7. What is up with Canadian teams' defensive play? It has clearly left something to be desired in the first quarter of the season. Goaltending, I mean, Carey Price's struggles have been well-documented. Cam Talbot has obviously not done uh, Edmonton any favors. That There's often a direct link between that and a coach getting fired, as Todd McClellan was earlier. Same thing in Vancouver where, um, you know, that's been a bit of a goalie graveyard, you know, with the exception of Luongo shining for the time that he was there. And yeah, Ottawa, uh, remember when Guy Boucher was (laughs) the guy who could uh, lock it down defensively? Well, I I think he was told to change it. it. Because we want to play an exciting brand. Sure. (laughs) Equal opportunity to get the fans in the building. We yeah. might score, they might score. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, at least these other teams have goalies. It's not it's not surprising, I guess, to see Vancouver down there. Like they just like Jacob Markstrom is probably overworked for what he can get you in the first place. They're not ready to uh, to bring Thatcher Demko up. He just came back actually and played his first game the other night uh, from a concussion, first game of the season. So he's not going to even be on the radar for a while. Not shocking. Like, they're a young team. All they want to see is growth from their young guys. They're definitely seeing that in Pedersen, some some electricity there. Um, and they've had some injuries, too. It's the teams, I think especially Edmonton, with, with goalies. Supposed to have goalies. Anyway, yeah. Montreal, Carey Price, and they're not performing at all. That's the disappointing and concerning uh, teams to me. Um, and even Calgary, like they didn't show up on that, this list of yours, but they're one of the best team defenses in the league. And yet they're giving up a t- pile of goals when Mike Smith is in net. That's been one of the most disappointing stories. I think of the first quarter of the season is the fact that Smith has pretty much ceded the number one job on that team to David Riddick at this point. And that, you know, again, to go back to things we were saying last year at this time, it was, whoa, Mike Smith, what a pickup for Calgary. And, yeah. you know, he for three quarters of the season, that was it until I want to say it was the groin injury in February. He just hasn't been able to get it back. Yeah. And at 36, you worry a little. 
Yeah, you definitely worry. And, and you know, I was asked about this the other day. Like, I don't even know if Calgary necessarily wants him to be the number one. Like, they're not going to force the issue. Sure. If, he's, if he's the best performing goalie, use him. But he doesn't have a contract next year. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be a meritocracy there. It's different than in Montreal. Oh, for sure. That's right. Where you're in year one of the contract. I saw, uh, you guys may have seen this. I saw a crazy stat where since January, it's over 40% of Carey Price's starts. He's given up four more. That's like that, wild. That's and that, wild. And that, that's like the way that team's built. You kind of need that. Um, I mean, the defense is, is quite thin to begin with, especially. And then you tack on the fact that Shea Weber's hopefully going to start his season soon. But yeah, there's yeah. no doubt that you look at the defense core. It's really starting to fray there and yeah. they're going to need him more than ever starting right now. I but, would say like you're paying price ten and a half million dollars you need him to be your mvp and best player all the time and i would even make the case that even if he was that that's going to be a bad contract for that position paying a guy ten and a half million dollars when you look at a guy john gibson's making six six and a half whatever it is on his new contract um it's a tough position to invest that much money in but on top of that if he's also giving up this many goals i don't think it's all on the defense there in montreal it's it's on him too no doubt Uh, I mean, what do you do? How? What do you do with this contract? How do you navigate the cap when you have this? There's no getting out from underneath it. No one's going to want to trade for that guy when he's playing like this either. Um, Montreal's been a good story, but that's definitely a major concern for them uh, going forward. Well, speaking of going forward, it is time to uh, do a little projecting. This this wouldn't be a uh, a hockey podcast if we weren't doing some kind of predictions here. At the quarter mark, we talked about what we've seen through the first 20-ish games for each team. Let's look ahead. What do we think is in store for clubs in the next 20 here, getting us to the halfway point? We're going to do a little prognosticating when Tape to Tape returns after this quick break. Looking to stream over 500 NHL games blackout free? Sportsnet Now is the product for you. Available to anyone over the internet, Sportsnet Now gives you 24-7 access to Sportsnet's channels, including content not available on TV. You can stream on the go or at home on your big screen from the most popular devices, including smartphones and tablets, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, and Chromecast. Sign up for as long as you want and cancel whenever you'd like. You can also stream the NBA, MLB, Premier League, all of your favorite Sportsnet original programming, and more. Visit snnow.ca for more details. Welcome back to Tape to Tape. Max Pacioretty, two goals, two goals through his first 16 games in Vegas. Four in his past three. I'm going to kick this off and say... The next 20, that trade is going to start to look better for Vegas. That's what we're doing here. We're looking ahead, trying to identify some some trends or look at some numbers from the first quarter of the season and take a stab at where things might be going. So I certainly think Max is heating up. Vegas can use that as a team that, again, is one that's outside the playoffs. We thought, you know, I think we still thought <laughs> would be yeah. would be in or are very, very close. Will things start to turn around there for Max and Vegas? I definitely think Pacioretty is going to start putting more goals in the net. Luke, what are you looking for here in uh, the next 20 games? 
I'm looking for a massive turnover in the Metropolitan Division. I think Washington and Pittsburgh are both too good and too experienced to just fall out entirely. And also, I'm not a believer in the Islanders and Rangers. No. Uh, I'm impressed. I think they've done fantastic through uh, 20 games or so, but I, I, I think there'll be a bit of a regression there. And I think Washington uh, uh, is already looks like a different team with Tom Wilson on it than without. I think that's going to be huge. Braden Holpe has not been himself. I think he gets it together because I think he's too good of a goalie and, and too determined to work on his craft that he's going to let things slide. I, I think he'll he'll find himself. And I think Washington will be back in the mix. And I think Pittsburgh will... Go from last in the East to uh, to right in the mix. I, I think you know Sid and Malkin, and um, I think Mike Sullivan's a great coach. Uh, it's tough that Matt Murray's hurt, but he hasn't been playing that well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari will be be good enough that they'll slowly start to make up some some ground. And and it, like we were talking about with the parody, I don't think the ground to make up is, is even that steep. It, it is when you look at it in terms of positionally, but in terms of points, it's not that big of a gap to, to go up against And, and you know, I, I just never bet against Sid. So I, I think there's going to be some massive turnover in, in the Metro and those recent champions are going to climb back in. It's Ta- tough ta- to make up those points for like the average team, but for a but, team yeah. like for the Sydney Crosby you, team, like it's a cliche, but they know what it takes to get to the playoffs and win. And they don't need to blow their brains out so early. Tom Wilson, 35 points last year, six and five games so far. Just throw it out there. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think uh, his production will project to? Like, do you think Tom Wilson could be a 65 point guy playing on the top line? Is that, Uh, that might be a little aggressive, but you know what? When you look at his last year's stats, he did, they didn't form that top line till towards the end and going into the playoffs. He wasn't a top line guy from day one. This is, and it's not even day one, but his day one. Yeah. This is his first season where, you know, we know his role, you know, Kuznetsov and, and Ovi like love having him yeah. up there. Cause he, he goes and absorbs hits for them. And uh, he's kind of, you know, Zach Hyman on steroids. You know, yeah. he's like, he goes and gets yeah. the puck, but he, but he's also like super threatening. All right. What else you got? Uh, Looking ahead here, Roy. My preseason Norris Trophy pick missed the first couple of weeks of the season, but I think Seth Jones is going to start rising here. I think uh, he's third in the league in average time on ice, uh, nine points in his first 14 games. I just think that Columbus team is going to keep rising. It's hard for me to see Washington and Pittsburgh being so good that they pass Columbus because Columbus is also going to keep putting up a lot of points. They have quietly one of the better top lines in the league, too, with uh, Dubois, Atkinson, and Panarin, and a really great defense behind that. So with the with the minutes that he's playing, the only thing that might hurt, hurt Seth Jones is that Columbus doesn't have a very good power play. It wasn't very good last year, so he's not going to get those points that some other defensemen will. But at even strength, I think as he settles in and everything catches up to pace, it's already started to happen. His numbers are going to come along and come along and come along. And as the season goes on, I think he's going to start entering that discussion. It would be a real interesting discussion if we extended the period we were looking ahead to with Columbus to whatever the next six months. Because, I mean, you were writing about it when the Leafs uh, played Columbus. Bobrovsky, Panarin, Columbus really is just in this interesting spot where they've got these two guys. Maybe there's a little hope, but it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. I, I think they shouldn't trade them i i know it's you I'm know you. then you let them walk for free but you got to look at but, where a team is in its journey and that this team has well, never won a playoff history. round exactly and it's history yeah 
It's like, when are you going to have a chance like this? Uh, and I know Bobrovsky's playoff record has, hasn't been that spectacular, but let's be honest, he's, he's a top five goalie every single year in the last four or five years. Like yeah. You have a legitimate goalie. He struggled out of the gate in Tortorella. Um, when I asked him about it, he said, you know, he thought there was a lot going on in his head, like it, the pressure of the contract year and, and where he wants to play in the future. That was that was a distraction. But now he's settled into a groove and he's been solid throughout November. And I, I don't know if you were going to break it up, you would have broken it up already. Why not just roll the dice and, yeah. and see? And especially because we've talked about the Metro is in a bit of flux. Mm-hmm. This could be the year to kind of get a get the first seed. Like you yep. mentioned, you know, get the top seed and then play a softer opponent in round one and win the first playoff series in your whole, yeah. whole yeah. history. Which just about yeah. makes it worth it right there. Well, and just think of attendance, right? Yeah. Like in a market like that, you need to be good. You can't sell the rebuild when you never won a playoff series yeah. in, in, in Columbus, Ohio, when yeah. you're below the college teams in yeah. terms of visibility and, and interest. So, yep. Oh, I, I'm all about this yeah you have to go for it with this team this is easily the best team columbus has ever iced i think um when you consider dubois just continuing to get better and better and i'm i agree with you like even though bobrovsky's playoff record hasn't been very good like i'm betting on him it's not good until it is and it's going to hit with the washington capitals couldn't win until they did exactly that would be a crime to have someone who's around the least so much and not ask some toronto questions Forget the next 20. I think people are wondering where might William Nylander land in the next like three to four games here before the December one deadline. Just give us your Nylander thoughts, Luke, and just in general, what you've seen from the Leafs uh, through a quarter of their season. I've been very impressed. The fact that, you know, two thirds of their top line um, they've been playing without for more than half the season, Nylander all season. And they just keep piling up goals and are right there with the lightning for first in the division. Freddie Anderson did not get off to a slow start. He's been amazing. Um, their defense is, I think it ranks top, you know, five or six in the league and in, in goals against a lot of that's Freddie, but you know, their, their defense gets a lot of bad press and they've been good enough. And I mean, they get the kind of run support that, that they've been fine. As for Nylander, I I am still like about sixty forty that he signs. Yeah, and this 60, is this 60 is just in favor he signs. In favor he signs. Um, I think that's what they both really want, and I think this is just a crazy game of chicken that's going to come down to the last forty eight hours. <sighs> um, and but it's a risky game because I think the Leafs, you know, if Dubis doesn't handle this right, it could come back to haunt him. It just in terms of the in, ter- take- in terms of the window to win. I mean, yeah. I, I know there's going to be other windows to win, but you know, Marner and Matthews are going to cost so much, and this is the year where where they'll be, have some space to go out and rent someone that could make an impact. Whether that's uh, bring a bit more grit to the forward group, or add a you know a three four defenseman on a team that that has given up in February because they have fallen out. Um, they're going to have the cap space and flexibility to do that. And then once they sign Matthews and Marner, they won't have as much cap space to to add a, a significant player heading into the playoffs. If you had to choose and just ballparking some numbers here, would you rather sign long term Mitch Marner nine and a half or ten million dollars or William Nylander at seven and a half or eight Marner? You'd rather have Marner for that price. But I'm a, I'm a Marner guy. Yeah. yeah, I just think he does so much. I think defensively he's better. He's been amazing on the penalty kill this season. Um, he, we know he can drive a line. Mm-hmm. He did it. He made 
but he made Bozak and JVR a lot of money mm-hmm. in free agency. I'd stick with that. I I I know I know that's a, I, there are people in on team uh, yeah, Nylander. Exactly. I, I just I just think he's more versatile and has a little bit more. He's a uh, puck hound. Yeah, and just a bit more desire. Like if you look how he performed in that Boston series. Mm-hmm compared to Nylander, like, I think come playoff time, that's the guy you want. I mean, it's not the wrong answer, I don't think. I mean, you could go either way. I could see either way. I'm really interested with his Nylander situation if he goes past December 1st and doesn't sign, so he can't play this season. Well, now next spring, next summer, when you're negotiating this contract with Toronto or whoever else, how do you have more leverage when now there are other RFAs out there who have just come off probably awesome seasons. Miko Rantanen, Matthew Kachuk, the Bra- two Braden leaves. Point. Braden Point. I mean, yep. there's all sorts of guys that are going to get massive money off of their entry-level contracts. How do you negotiate that if you're a Nylander and you haven't played this year? Plus, now you have the reputation of this guy might be a headache yeah. when, when it comes time to negotiate. Like, do we do we want this guy? Maybe, you know, they look at what happened with his dad and how many teams he was on. They might say, do we really want this? I mean, there's always going to be a, guy, a team that wants William Nylander because sure. he can score and he's sure. dynamic. But yeah, it's it, how does it not hurt your yeah. your leverage? Yeah, and then it's just, just like a year of rust. I mean, just what deal. if they won the cup and he sat out? <laughs> yeah, no oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's how like you the doomsday on? scenario for him, but like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, does Edmonton's goals against shots against fall oh. now that Ken Hitchcock is a coach? We better at least touch yes. on the big change out west. It's amazing how much better defensively his teams get. Like from the moment he gets there, the St. Louis Blues when he walked in there for the first year. That team has the best GAA of any team from 05-06 on. I mean, he he consistently turns these teams around on defense. So I would be shocked if they don't see market improvement there. The point that Mark Spector made talking about uh, the change in Edmonton is I really liked. It was like, and what does Hitchcock care if he's not here to make friends? Not that he was yeah. ever Johnny Soft Touch, but like. Hey man, I'm coming here for one year to do what yeah. I can. And if I prove that I can, I'm probably going to stick around, you know? You know what else is interesting is that. So you're also going to see something. You're going to learn something about some of the players there in Edmonton who are going to be challenged in a different sure. way under Ken Hitchcock. And whether it's Chirelli or the next GM, whoever it is that's going to be making calls next summer on what to do with this team if they don't make the playoffs, I imagine it won't be Chirelli if they don't make the playoffs. You're going to be able to see, okay, who is buying into Ken Hitchcock? Who is, you know, fed up with the losing here and is just all in on trying to turn this thing around? And who kind of got their back up? And maybe that's the kind of player players that we should move on from. The way that he was talking about Milan Lucic, Ken Hitchcock was talking about Milan Lucic needing to hold his ice. Like, I'm interested to see if there's something that he can get extra out of Milan Lucic. But who are the guys that kind of like Tarasenko, but not as much as a star. Who are the guys who don't accept what he's doing, kind of push back a little bit? Because if I'm Edmonton, I'm I'm putting the spotlight on those guys and ushering them out as quickly as I can. Oh, if just if you waste the best player in the world. It's bad. It, yeah. <laughs> because, because, okay. Because the, the worst thing that could happen is Connor gets fed up. Yes, that's the only you know thing what you I don't mean? want to get fed up. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, how bad does it have to get? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's 
I mean, okay, if he gets fed up, though, you can go to a different coach next That's year, right? right? Like and you're will. not, you're not locked. You are locked into Connor McDavid. He's not. Well, he he, he can't. locked no, into no, you. Fed, you <laughs> know, I'm saying if he gets fed up with, the, if he this looks season. around and, and says that there's just not enough talent for right. me here, right? Yeah, and there isn't. <laughs> to be fair, well, we <laughs> all know this. where the where the spotlight is going next, and it's already yeah. mostly there, yeah. right? I mean, Trelly has made his last coaching change, I yes. would think, right? It's amazing to me that he actually is still there. Um, because, okay, you have Ken Hitchcock in place. He's going to do some things for you, but there's going to be another trade coming down here for Edmonton between now and the trade deadline. It may be more than one. Why is Trelly making that move? You know, if, if, if you are already thinking that he's not going to be the GM, if you miss the playoffs, why are you still entrusting him to make the moves to try and get your team into the playoffs? I, I don't, I'm having trouble There's, kind of yeah, lining that the up. The guy who traded away Hall and Eberly and now is like, where are my wingers? Yeah, yeah exactly. that guy. <laughs> Yeah, it will be interesting to watch Edmonton through the next quarter and beyond, no doubt. My last one for you guys, uh, look for Jack Eichel's goals to rise. Fourth in the league in shots, just five goals with a 5.4% uh, shooting percentage. So uh, maybe some more good news there for Buffalo, some more goals coming. Happy Thanksgiving to our U.S. listeners. I was talking about this in the offices. Is Thanksgiving actually the best holiday in the u.s because think about this no boxing day in the u.s so christmas i'm not sure but yeah. christmas is probably just like you get the 24th half of that off and christmas day yeah and then it's kind of back to work i'm not sure whereas thanksgiving i've always assumed you get the friday off as well I, i've never verified that but i don't think i've assumed that too yeah and then and i think I, it's not technically but everyone takes it well right? and you also might be traveling so yeah. what are you traveling on the wednesday now it's a two-day work week you're yeah. probably taking monday tuesday off too yeah and you got those you got thursday friday saturday sunday so there's no rush like even if you if you you know have to work or something actually on the day itself or you know you can't get to see the fam you've got some other days to get out there you're, you're back home from away from college you've actually got time to visit some of your friends who are coming in from other places yeah. just seems like a great four days in america Football's on the TV. Yeah. Everything is perfect. I love how every Canadian knows when American Thanksgiving yeah. is. But there's no way <laughs> that's right. A single American knows. I don't feel bad. I don't Monday <laughs> Canadian Thanksgiving. I don't feel bad for knowing uh, all the ins and outs. Uh, you know whether they get Friday off or not, because for sure uh, there's probably not too many Americans out there who are where we had Thanksgiving like six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, we will be back next week on this pod. Thanks so much. To Luke Fox, Sportsnet's own, for dropping by and sharing his thoughts on uh, the quarter mark here. Rory, as usual, follow Rory at Rory Boylan. Luke at Luke Fox Jukebox, right? Right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Anytime. You know you're always welcome here. Check out the podcast on sportsnet.ca. Go to iTunes and subscribe. And come back next time for more glass rattling hockey action on Tape to Tape.